Hello everyone, it's Dr. Sam. I'd like to welcome you to my Eye Clarity Podcast. This is a show that offers cutting edge information on how to improve your vision and overall wellness through holistic methods. I so appreciate you spending part of your day with me. If you have questions, you can send them to hello at drsamburn.com. Now to the latest Eye Clarity episode. Hey everybody, in this episode, I play some excerpts of a session I gave. Somebody had a motorcycle accident, they fell off and they hit their head. They were concerned about trauma and their eyes. So in this first clip, I give some background on my training and how I became an expert at traumatic brain injury and vision. Just a little background here, you may or may know this. You know, my first practice was in the Philadelphia area. I had just completed a, a year fellowship at, uh, at, at the Gazelle Institute, which is a place where we work with autistic kids, and it was great. And I so I opened a practice in Philadelphia, very conventional area, mainline, and I couldn't get any patients. So I went to one of the local hospitals and I volunteered my time to work with traumatic brain injury, the outpatient areas, because none of the eye doctors really knew about it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so within three months, uh, I had such a great success. I got contracts to other hospitals and that's how I built my practice in Philly, built it up, sold it, moved to New Mexico. And I did some research on traumatic brain injury and vision, which I published and so have over the years developed a really great understanding of trauma, you know, studying Peter Levine's work and uh, craniosacral and continuum movement and just the, the relationship between getting hit in the head and how it affects the muscles and nerves in the eyes. Because in the regular world of what we just say eye care, it's a glasses check and an eye health check and then you're gone, right? right? And that's really your eyesight and eye health. <laughs> so it's not looking at the functional aspects or how does trauma impact us. And when I was uh, uh, on the staff at Esalen Institute, we, we used to do a lot of uh, back and forth with the Rolfers and the cranial people on trauma and neuroplasticity. And so 35 years later... Um, I have some track record on what has happened to you, how it's impacted you, and how you can repair it. So whenever we have a trauma, as you probably know, the body immediately will freeze up in that particular area as a way to protect it. But when it freezes up, it creates kind of a hole in the, the connection, the energy that flows you know, from one part of the body to another as a protective mechanism. So on the nervous system level, what happens is we go into an immediate fight, flight, or freeze response, and the impact uh, affects us in that particular area. So the tissue begins to mm, compress and it can deaden. Uh, there, there's less circulation. 
So there's that going on. And then, you know, because the eyes and the brain are so interrelated, if we look at prenatal development very early on, the eyes originate from the brain. So every tissue of the eye is brain Mm -hmm. tissue. So, you know, the retina, the cornea, the optic nerve, the lens of the eye, all of those are basically just an extension of the brain. Now, the brain is about 70% water, 60% fat, um, and it's floating in the cerebral spinal fluid. So when you get hit in the head area, it can Mm -hmm. reduce the circulation in that particular area and so you need to be careful about, uh, you know, the, the flow of cerebral spinal fluid in the brain and also the circulation and the oxygenation. Uh, that being said, the brain has an, inc- uh, an incredible capability of regenerative potential. This is why the neuroscientists are all, always publishing papers on, you know, the neuroplasticity potential, even in dementia and Alzheimer's, in certain mm-hmm. cases, there can be some some renewal if you give the brain proper nutrients, if you, you know, do some things that create better circulation and dietary absorption and so on. Just so happens right now, I'm teaching a class on vision and neuroplasticity. And mm-hmm. um, it, it's two parts. I just did the first part, the second part's in November. And there were a lot of people on that class who had some level of accident like you. You know, it wasn't it like you didn't lose consciousness. Maybe you you just got like, uh, as you say, uh, you know, a little jolted, uh, but it definitely affected you. And so whenever you get a blow to that area, whether you get struck or you fall, it does rattle the muscles and the nerves that attach in and around the eyes. So the good news about the neurologist you went to is it doesn't seem to have impacted you, say, on a structural level or a physical level, like, you know, getting some kind of a retina problem or developing glaucoma or anything like that. But there is still that soft tissue uh, experience that you had that would be great to unwind. And then again, working at the hospitals, I realized that if we could help people heal the soft tissue part of the, the, the trauma, that it would help you regain both your cognitive, your motor balance, and also your visual information processing. So it doesn't sound like that there, there's some major long-term thing that we have to work with, but there are some um, possibilities for things that you could do to uh, heal the trauma and, you know, reclaim your eyes and vision before what you had before the accident. So in this next clip, I talk about the relationship between the ketogenic diet and our eyes. I get this question quite a bit. And then I talk about craniosacral therapy and how that can impact our eye-brain-body relationship. Yeah, totally. I get that question a lot about uh, ketogenic and eye health. And, you know, it's so individualized, but generally speaking, the keto diet is really great for eye health. Um, Mm -hmm. And... 
you know, aging occurs when the blood sugar levels start to rise as you get older. So longevity occurs one in one way when you can lower those blood sugar levels. So eliminating and reducing simple carbs and lots of fruit is really, um, you know, very positive. <clears throat> Even things like intermittent fasting or water fasting. <clears throat> so uh, I think that the keto diet is, you know, very positive for eye health. But I'll talk more about specific nutrients <clears throat> in a few minutes because what I want to do is I want to start <clears throat> on the outside of the eye and work our way in so that <clears throat> you can have a certain roadmap to, uh, to heal this. So if you haven't already, <clears throat> and maybe you have, I would highly recommend seeking out some kind of a practitioner <clears throat> who does some subtle body work. And, <clears throat> you know, many years ago, I saw the connection in the brain and in the head area and the eyes. <clears throat> I was working with autistic kids and a lot of them had birth traumas. And so I enrolled in our massage school here in Santa Fe, the only eye doctor, of course, and I, I became certified in biodynamic craniosacral therapy. Also studied some of the upledger uh, things, especially in their advanced courses. So I began doing cranial work, and I saw that in the craniosacral world, it actually had a very high impact on eyesight and vision. What I used to do with people is they'd come in for an exam and I would measure their prescription. And then my massage table was right next to my eye exam equipment. So I would do an hour of cranial on them. And then I'd re-measure their prescription and it was always wow. reduced by 20 to 40%. And that's what I would give people. And, you know, I have people to this day that have the same prescription like you for 10 years because they've gone somewhere else. And the way the eye exam is calculated is very archaic and you're going to get a much stronger prescription than you need because you're mm -hmm. sitting in a chair, you know, in a dark room and the doctor flips the lenses, spends like three minutes with you and says, here's, here you go, kid, you know, here's your prescription. So um, the cranial work or something in the area where you find a, a body practitioner who's got some attunement. You know, the modality is less important if it's somebody that's attuned and subtle. I mean, even Reiki, you know, there's like a biodynamic craniosacral association. Find a practitioner. There's the Upledger Institute. Uh, find a practitioner. You know, word of mouth is, you know, another yeah. or reviews or, you know, testimonials. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's hit or miss. Um, so I, you know, I don't know that you need to do that. It would just be something that I would say checking off your list because the sooner you get the body work, like you talked to Charlie, Charlie had a fall about a month ago and she broke a wrist and she had surgery and she's good, you know, now she's getting physical therapy, but immediately I hooked her up with some of my cranial colleagues and it really accelerated the healing of the trauma and the surgery. Um, you know, and I've had sports accidents and things like that. 
and also with uh, hundreds, thousands of patients I've treated, I always get them in right away for some cranial work. Um, so it's just, you got to intuit it. If you feel like uh, this gal has, has done it and you feel good about it, then we just check it off the list and move on. If you feel like hmm, maybe it would be good to check in with a cranial person, again, the brain floats in the cerebral spinal fluid and also because of the 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 hydration that the brain needs you know and just making sure you're getting the proper circulation um it's something that i uh i feel really i've seen clinically how it changes people and it gets rid of the soft tissue stuff and even working around the eyes with craniosacral is really fabulous so You've got the sphenoid bone right here. Sometimes that'll get torqued if you fall a certain way. You've got the six extraocular muscles that attach to the eyeball that sit in the eye socket. And, you know, you do have myopia, which is more of a fixed way of seeing. So there's already this inherent tension that you carry in your eyes that you may not be aware of. Uh, so you're already in kind of a little bit of a defense position with your eyes uh from the myopia um so i that's that's my number one my number two would be um to maybe do some simple eye exercises that would involve eye stretching and also visual coordination focusing and the third would be uh, opening up the, cer- the cervical spine and also creating more circulation in the eye. So I'm going to name those exercises now and then I can send you the directions. And um, the first one is an eye stretching exercise, which you do without your glasses on and you either patch an eye or you uh, use a covering to cover one eye because you're going to stretch each eye uh, separately. And it's called the Animal Eye Chart. I came up with it like 1994 when I wrote my book. And it's a stretching exercise where you get this paper that's got animals on it. It's a, I, I had an artist when I first moved here create these animal uh, pictures. And so what you do is you take the, the sheet of paper and you hold it up to your nose. So it's right up there. And then with your right eye, because the left eye is covered... You're just following this this line that goes all the way up to the 12 o'clock position and then back down and then over to 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3, 4, 5. And then you can, if it's the right eye, you can tilt the paper away from you so you can see the, the left side of the chart. But it's not about seeing the animals. It's about making these movements that you normally make. So here's a principle. When you make new new movements for your eyes, you're creating much more flexibility and health and circulation. We tend to be very repetitive in our eye movements because of the screen yes. time. And so, now this is a craniosacral principle. It's also a continuum movement principle. I don't know if you know about continuum, but I'll tell you about that in a second. Basically, when you make repetitive movements over and over, it creates a deterioration in the structure and function of the anatomy of the body. Mm. And so when you make new movements, it's neuroplasticity, it creates some circulation. It you know it's just it's relaxing. It's so there's a lot of things with that. So you do the right eye, and then you do the left eye. So it's like a calisthenic where you're stretching. And here would be my challenge: take the next thirty days, 
do the animal eye chart once or twice a day, morning and evening. The second chart is called the yin-yang peripheral vision exercise, and that's a focusing exercise. Again, I'll send you the, the chart and print it out. Basically, you're holding the paper up to your nose with both eyes, no glasses on. Mentally look through the paper, push it out there, and you're going to start to see three images. When you get three images, the left eye and the right eye are working together. So it's reclaiming the skill of visual coordination, peripheral vision, and visual relaxation simultaneously. So it neutralizes all the focusing that we're doing when we focus on a screen, which is hard focus. So that would be the second exercise. Again, two to three minutes, twice a day. Again, the more you introduce it during the day in between your screen times, the better it is because that will create a momentum that will get the muscles and nerves to be more vibrant, vital, return to their normalcy. The third exercise is a relaxation exercise. It's partly taken from the Bates method. It's partly taken from sound healing. It's partly taken from somatic therapy. It's called the end palm hum. And what you do with that one is you rub your hands together one time, cup your eyes with your eyes closed. You breathe in through the nose. When you exhale, you make a humming sound like this. So the hum is creating a vibration in your face and the hands are like tuning forks. So the sound is going to go directly into the eye muscles. Really good. So you do like six or eight of those hums, close your eye, keep your eyes closed, drop your hands, and then go into a pause. I call it open attention. And for a minute, you just sit with your eyes and your face and your body, and you listen to the response of what you're feeling, what you're sensing. And by giving yourself that opportunity, you are metabolizing or digesting the stimulation that you've given yourself with the sound. So sound is one of the best ways to remove compression in the eye area. And it's great for hearing trauma. You know, I'm a firm believer in like sound healing and um, you know, lots of different ways. But in this way, you're creating the sound and you're keeping the sound contained in your mouth. So it's going to relax the jaw, the teeth, the mouth, uh, the vagus nerve, the thyroid, uh, the carotid arteries. So it's a great, I mean, you'll do it and go, wow, you know, I, this is really relaxing. And um, I call it the N because what you do at that point is you take your tongue and you put it on the roof of the mouth. Now, in Taoist medicine, when you do that, it's creating the circuit in acupuncture of the yin and the yang. And when you press on the on the uh, roof of the mouth, you are spreading the tissue, and it actually activates the pineal gland, which is really great. as the third eye, and it's the energetic part of our scene. So after you've done, you know, after you've done the palming, and you're in open attention, put the tongue on the roof of the mouth. You just press while you're quiet. And, you know, you can press, you can rest, you can press. So it's a really powerful Taoist practice of connecting all the circuits. The last part of this will open up the uh, cervical spine because then you take your tongue and you put it on the outside part of the upper teeth and the inside part of the Uh upper lip, like this. Mm -hmm. So I'm, my, mm-hmm. my eyes are closed. I'm doing the tongue clock. I call it the tongue clock. Again, I'll send you. And what you're doing is on the exhale, you're making a humming sound while you're pressing on the upper lip. Mm-hmm. 
And when you press on the upper lip, you're spreading C1 to C4 in the back. And then you do the bottom at 6 o'clock, and you're spreading C4 to C7. So you're getting a craniosacral treatment, and you're also getting an acupuncture treatment because this is a very powerful acupuncture point. This is called the wow. governing vessel. This is the yang meridian, and it goes all the way over the head, down the spine to the perineum. And then when you do this, this is the conception vessel. It's the yin. It's going down the body, so it's going to activate this whole area so they meet in the middle. So you do, you know, maybe three rounds of the upper lid, lower lid. So you're getting acupuncture, craniosacral, you're getting pineal. Uh, these are going to be really healing for any trauma. It's going to expand your brain. It's going to create more circulation. Um, and so you're basically doing the self-care, self-regulation. you got it all at home by doing that. So again, these are kind of more spiritual, energetic practices around the vision, but the eyes are a very spiritual organ. And, um, you know, so you're working on physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual in healing this trauma. So I'll send you the directions to all of these. So you just have to go to school for a few minutes and watch the video, or <laughs> read the directions, print out the charts. But... Um, these are great exercises to do, um, you know, just just as a, a proactive way of improving your eyes and vision. But in this case, it's going to you know get rid of any residue from the from the accident. It's all great for PTSD and accumulated trauma. Again, when I was at Esalen, we saw a lot of people that would come in with uh, PTSD and trauma. At the, at the workshops. And what I like about these exercises, what I observe is you are directing how quickly and how deeply you want to go internally. This is one of the criticisms of the practitioner training there is that you really have to be uh, attuned to how quickly you move your energy in when you put your hands on somebody. I remember one of the trainings one of the therapists who's a body worker was working with a severely PTSD uh, person. And basically he walked in the room and he sat by the door and the, and the patient was like, that's as far as I want you to go energetically. And then maybe five or 10 minutes later, he would get a little closer, get a little closer. And it took about 20 minutes before he could enter her space so that he could actually put his hands on her and do some work. When you're doing these practices and you teach them, basically what happens is the person then is titrating the experience. We call it self-regulation. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you might start off and say, just do it once and see how you feel. I have PTSD patients where we can only do one hum and they're done. They, they can't do anymore because it, mm -hmm. it, it, it trump, it, it, it's, um, it reawakens the trauma that, um, you see, yeah. these practices penetrate the defense. That's why they're so great, because here's, here's the metaphor. If I take an acupuncture meridian, if I'm doing acupuncture, and I move very quickly and I push the needle in aggressively, you're going to recoil. If we do some essential oil massage on the earlobes for a while, 
and we relax your system. And then maybe I palpate the point and maybe just very lightly put the acupuncture needle in very gently. Well, you're going to do much better in the treatment. So it's, it's very individualized. And when you're dealing with trauma and PTSD, um, you know, the tracks in the brain get set. And so just your mind takes you back to that time period and you're creating these neurochemicals that suppress things like serotonin and dopamine and acetylcholine and norepinephrine. These are things that you need to create better brain health. I mean, that's, that's the science behind it. So these particular practices are one way to uh, help a person manage their defenses and eventually heal the trauma. In this last section, I talk about PTSD and how it affects our brain and what is it that we can do, what direction can we go to eventually heal trauma and not have it overtake our life. There is another technique we use to heal trauma, and that is color therapy. So the colors that you're looking for would be the blue-green, the blue, and the purple. Those particular colors can help heal trauma in the eyes. Now, where do you get those? There are many online sources of getting the colors, like in glasses, or, um, you know, you're going to, again, it's, it, it's too hard to like try to send you color therapy sheets and all that, um, or a color machine. But I'm just putting that on your radar. Um, maybe it's meditating on those colors. You, you know, I, I don't know if you can, but those particular colors were very helpful for people healing the traumas in the hospitals. We did a lot of color therapy there. And to this day, I do the color therapy. So it's really, really good. Um, so that would be your your kind of exercise program for the next month where you want to plug in. Now, in terms of nutrition, um, there's nothing better than, you know, the, the more live food you eat, the better, the more, you know, colorful vegetables. That That's kind of a given. Probiotics is helpful. Healthy fats, which you're probably getting. Um, variety of fats. Um, again, depending on your digestive, uh, health, enzymes, um, anti-inflammatory, um, making sure you're getting your trace minerals, magnesium is essential, selenium is essential. Um, you know, we tend to be more deficient in the trace minerals and they're really important for the eyes as everything. Um, if you want to avoid cataracts, increase vitamin C, glutathione, um, you know, there's some herbal things like ginkgo, which is great for vascular health for the eyes, taurine and amino acid, which you're probably getting, uh, bilberry, which is an herb that helps the retina circulation, and then your vitamin A, beta carotene, um, you know, whatever you're doing there in terms of diet and nutrition, you know, and, and if you're, you know, if your diet is really good, then you don't need to do supplementation. If you feel like, okay, for the next couple of months, maybe it'd be good for me to take an eye vitamin. <clears throat> um, you could, you could look at that. If you're doing, um, seafood, uh, the astaxanthin is another 
carotenoid that's in, um, it's a pink color. That's very helpful for the macula. That's the center part of the vision where we see uh, color and detail. Take breaks with your glasses on, so go without them. Take walks without them. Use them in non, you know, take them off in non-demanding and non-threatening situations just to give your eyes a break and notice emotionally what's what comes up for you around the blur. You know, do you feel safe in the blur? Do you feel scared in the blur? And, and see if you can get more relaxed into the blur in circumstances where you're safe, not when you're driving or, you know, out and about. But taking off the glasses is a good reset. You know, it's really great to do. Get 30 to 60 minutes of natural sunlight every day. Um, that's very good for the circadian rhythm. Uh, the blue light is another <clears throat> issue with the computer. So possibly getting some blue blocking glasses um, or getting a screen that covers. Uh, there's a company I'm working with now called OcuShield. Uh, and they are based in the UK. And they make screen uh, protectors for uh, blue light. I mean, blue light after 6 p.m. is hard on the body because it tricks the, the pineal gland to start producing melatonin. So sleep can be off. And, uh, you know, I, I wear my blue blockers, you know, after 6 p.m. And it does make a difference uh, for sure when I go to sleep. So um, those would basically be the things I would suggest. I think probably if you do some of these exercises, eye exercises over the next month, I think that will assure you that the trauma is gone. And, um, you know, uh, just following the nutritional stuff. I'll send you the contact lens prescription. That's great that it hasn't changed. So that's a good sign. And... Um, you know, you're basically really healthy. You're just enhancing your your baseline. I, that's how I would see it. I'm not sure you're still carrying uh, much trauma from the accident, but this would just be the last tentacles that, you know, might be hanging around. And you'll get more vitality, more energy, uh, and you'll feel good in your eye. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something from the Eye Clarity podcast show today. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave a review. See you here next time.